Hey everyone, John here. I'm going to do an intro for another Pop Saga classic. That's right, we're still taking a little bit of a break, a little bit of a, a rest, a siesta if you will, but we didn't want to leave you without an episode and we want to make sure we maintain the the streak of you know weekly entertainment for all of you. So we thought we'd uh, dust off one of our earlier episodes and it hit you with our episode six, Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Why oh, did yeah. we do this episode? <laughs> I don't know. You tell us, John. Why did we do this episode? So I love Spider-Man and his amazing friends. It was one of the few cartoons that I grew up uh, watching. I knew you didn't. <laughs> So, I, had, I mean, this was the first time I had ever seen an episode, I think. And I needed to know what you thought about it. It was, it, you know, look, I get it. Like the, the, the ruby lenses of child glasses here that protect you of, from all the stuff that's actually kind of crappy that, but you uh-huh. don't think it's crappy because <laughs> you're a kid and you just love whatever you're getting is one thing. But I was like, well, I gotta, yeah, look at it with, uh older eyes and then i figured i thought i'd share that with you and also i mean look we were starting pop saga we were looking to figure out what we were going to talk about but the the edict for us has always been about um you know our nostalgia our pop culture the things that we remember fondly or don't remember fondly we wanted to talk and that's kind of where we got it started and you know spider-man is amazing with friends and a bunch of old cartoons are like my building blocks. I, yeah. I, I I will still walk to work, listen to my own music, and I'll have like Saturday morning uh, theme songs. I'll be like, Doo, you know, the gummy bears, you know. <laughs> is shit. that really, is yeah. that on your playlist, gummy bears? Yes, totally. Bouncing here and there and everywhere. everywhere. They are beyond compare. They are, we the, are the gummy bears. bears. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I was listening today. Uh-huh. I won't tell you what day this is, but I was listening today to a song from uh, pretty much the Invid Evasion, uh, Robotech. I was listening to one of the songs from one of the characters, and I was like, yeah, man, this song slaps. It's like they did a cover of We Will Win, which is from the first season of Robotech. Anyway, uh-huh. it's a big, deep cut, but that's on my playlist, too. Wow, and um, so is Spider Man and his amazing friend theme song, even though yeah. it doesn't really got lyrics. But mm. uh, <laughs> I, this was uh, this was a fun episode. I remember because I think this was the kind of the first time that you and I really diverged in terms of an opinion on the show. Obviously, it's only episode six, but I remember it being like, okay, this is this. It's not always just fun when two friends are are just uh cutting it up about something they both like it could be fun too when someone likes something the other person really is really not too it. hot on it i would say i hated it but i i did not i mean without the the without the sort of uh, the rose colored glasses you mentioned earlier it was tough for me to to find the joy in the show but especially i mean it is fun to see dr doom doing pretty much anything but right? But man, that's not, you know what? Not my Dr. Doom. <laughs> he's more my Dr. Doom than most of the Dr. Dooms. He's definitely uh, my Dr. Good, Doom point. over all the movies that have come out so far. 
Yeah, but he had some good, like, there was some good Doctor Doom 90s cartoon moments, I feel like. Yeah, my problem was has always been the voice. Everyone's well, always yeah. doing Doctor Doom like he's from, like, London or something. Uh. I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Latveria sounds like uh. it's London, huh? <laughs> oh, Richard! You read Richards. I'll get over you, read read Richards. Oh, hate you. Oh, you're not. You're not a good bloke. Oh, I'm, I'm done. done. I'm, I'm Victor Voldoom. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> I no. love how that, that slid into like British McGruff. <laughs> British John's McGruff. <laughs> I have, I, look, I'm a man of one uh, impression. And it's, uh, it's, and it's McGruff. All yeah, it's it's McGruff doing whatever voice he wants. Yeah, I you know, <laughs> one of the episodes I was looking at choosing for Pop Saga Classics, I was almost going to choose it just because I found the episode where you did your McGruff voice for the first time, <laughs> <laughs> and it's absolutely one of my favorite parts of the show. Well, you little PB, looking at you. <laughs> so great because it's so confidently bad oh boy anyway that's not this episode but this episode's fun yeah it's a fun one or maybe so... it is maybe i forgot what the <laughs> the clue no, of it is no i don't remember what it is yeah, whatever yeah, you I tell mean, us that's <laughs> I, right yeah i i, I uh, before we bump you right into the uh episode mm, good one yeah right i was talking to someone else who also does a podcast and they were like, yeah, I listened to it twice. The first time I do it and when I edit it. And yep. I'm like, yep, that's me. <laughs> yep. But I can't recall a single one. I'll look at the thing and be like, oh, we did talk about Total Recall. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, yeah. I'm just like, wow. What the the sense of life and verb, verve in Path Forest. You don't know it when you're in it. But, man, when you're not in it, you're like... <laughs> When we get back there. Anyway, let's check out this great episode. Yeah, episode six. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. We did that Harry and the Hendersons, but uh, that one was good. Right. Yeah, yeah. No lift cow, though. Yeah, well, he, uh, you can't get the lift cow. You can't. Well, uh, <laughs> not at that point. No. He uh, was at the height. He was John Big Booty and... Buckaroo Banzai, and then he just kept <laughs> yeah, of course, running that's the right one that there. put him over the edge. What? That's not to you? I mean, <laughs> to me personally, yeah. Um, I think probably to the to the watching public, and it's what, some other movie. Was, what, do you think it was Cliffhanger? <laughs> Definitely Cliffhanger. I oh, mean, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's gotta be. I've met Stallone. He's not that tall. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good, I like that aside, because uh, you're just like, how can I how can I put in here that I've met Sylvester Stallone? <laughs> well, I could have. I could have waited to us to do a Stallone retrospective. Yeah. Right? And then you could get him on the phone. Because that's... Yeah, I of mean, course. It's just that's right? how it works. Of course I can... Hey, hold on. Let me call him up. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, this is... Oh, I'm so nervous. I wasn't prepared. Hey. Hey, Sly. How you doing? Hey, you're all right, man. How you doing, John? Oh, God, that's... Oh. that's 
that's for people listening at home that's the actual sylvester stallone yeah i'm doing fine uh sly yeah no just keeping busy you know well keeping busy isn't that that's good sometimes you gotta keep busy when you indoors you know what I mean? i'm sitting there selling paintings myself oh you're painting now huh that's cool are you working on anything else yeah i'm working on the script to demolition man 2 a movie no one asked for <laughs> Yeah, that's true. No one's asked for that. I think the first one's perfect, but uh, is uh, Wesley Snipes coming back? I am not going to say. I saw that movie the other day. Wesley Snipes was in it called Blade. All right, well, so you saw a movie called Blade, and you want to bring Wesley. I mean, that was a, well, okay. I mean, that sounds cool. I mean, I'll watch it. Yeah, I'm the feeling Demolition Man. I'm two. I'm going to film and I'm going to hang on a cliff. Oh my god! Oh, that's that's okay. Calm down, Sly. Calm down. It's cool. I I, I trust you. You know. I mean, I I said the joke like just a couple uh, minutes ago about how short you are and how I met you, and how I got your number and stuff. But you know, I you I think you're like a pararescue ice climbing guy. I believe it. Hey, thanks. Hey, right, man. I'll see you Christmas card. Talk to you later. All right. Well, later, Sly. Wow. Yeah. He's gonna send you a Christmas card. If yeah, I he does every year. Card? It's great. Yeah. Pop Saga, you know we keep it groovy We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies A couple of nerds, but got style We so cool Pop culture, talking new and old school Yeah, you should know we love hip-hop From the roots, Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch We giving you what you want, it don't get no liver Ain't no doubt we gotcha This is Pop Saga, let's go Oh yeah, you heard right This is a lifestyle, welcome to the nerd life Pop Saga Hello, and welcome to Pop Saga, the podcast where two amazing friends battle various pop culture topics, all the while making sure Aunt May and Miss Lion do not figure out our secret identities. I am John, freelance podcaster, and as always, I am joined by everyone's high school sweetheart, Forrest. How are you doing today, <laughs> Spidey friend? I'm doing good, chum. Um, I, I like that. good. I like that uh, being everyone's. I don't discriminate or exclude. I can be anyone's high school uh, sweetheart if uh, if that's what you like. Um, and if you don't like it, fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just suppo- kidding, guys. That was supposed to be a, a pick me up, not a put me down. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was great. It was great. I don't know how I twisted it into 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 uh, some sort of sad reflection. But here we are. This is not a very special episode of Saved by the Bell, although I imagine we will talk about that at some point. Oh, at the one where she's all, like, hopped up on goofballs? Oh, right. I mean, that was a very special episode of Saved by the Bell. I certainly... I was there for it. I remember it. Um, Diet pills. Diet pills gotta make you do good on tests. That's what I learned from that one. (laughs) Yeah, well, she couldn't sleep. She had to do well. It shows how our education system is broken. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Saved by the Bell had its uh, had really had its uh, finger on the pulse of uh, the socio-economic challenges of the day. Yeah, so did Punky Brewster. Don't go oh. hiding in a abandoned refrigerator, folks. Yeah, that's true, unless you're Indiana Jones, and in which case, that you're refrigerator might prove to be your saving grace. Well, I mean, you know that was like the death of him afterwards because that refrigerator probably had like asbestos lining or something because i don't know anything about refrigerators post like 2000 um 
and he was in it, and then he got irradiated. Maybe it was lead line uh, refrigerator. I don't know, but you know that ended up killing him later on. Yeah, probably. Maybe or maybe he comes back, and the next one there they keep perpetually trying to to uh, to to start, and he like you know maybe there's a, a situation where they're sort of. S- uh starving in the desert and what's this he hadn't noticed this before there's a handle on his chest (gasps) he's part refrigerator now (laughs) oh no i thought you were gonna be like what's this he has a weird growth on his back oh (laughs) yes no 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 let's like like i said we're trying to get away from this dark reflection stuff (laughs) no no he's he's been irradiated and in in the tradition of uh that sort of permeates the 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 medium we're going to talk about today uh he the the gamma rays of that nuclear explosion transformed him and and melded him with that refrigerator and now he is indiana jones yeah he's a refrigerator man yeah so like he's like indie frigidaire yeah exactly pulls out a nice he pulls out a uh a chilled pepsi and all of a sudden uh mutt lang is ready to go (laughs) he's all you, you want a sandwich? Uh, <laughs> I got a couple. Uh, it looks like I got a, quite a few things in here. Yeah, I, I, I like beer. Yeah, my my Indiana <laughs> Jones sounds like Edgar from uh, Men in Black, the the uh, the the space bug in the Edgar suit. <laughs> Mine is just mumbles. <laughs> yeah, yours is pretty. Close. I like I like yours. Yours is pretty close. But um, I like the idea of Indiana Jones like a mashup with him, him turning into a refrigerator, very <laughs> like Turbo Team. Yeah, I feel like it really would justify like take that haters that you, who's going to complain now about the refrigerator scene because it led to this awesome Indiana Jones style superhero. <laughs> Bet you you fucking hated the fourth one, but you'll love the fifth one. <laughs> Just you wait. And guess what? He that rubber snake makes a comeback too. He had oh, that, that snake he used as a rope to get out of that quicksand that was, like, the, the stretchiest snake you've ever seen. Guess what? That's his, like, arm now. And now he's got Mr. Fantastic powers, and he can keep a a, a one Pepsi and a one sandwich. It's a very small fridge. I like his, how you uh, keep going test. back to Pepsi. You don't think he's a Coke dude? <laughs> no, no. I think, um, I think whoever is writing this, this new Indiana Jones is, um... Well, Owned first off, KFC? he's being paid off by by Pepsi, but uh, it's the choice of a new generation. <laughs> Pepsi, if I got of, Pepsi uh, Indiana Coke. Jones films. Yeah, he's like, yeah, uh, you get me any Coca Cola, I'll, yeah. I'll shoot I, you. I mean, I personally am a I'm a Coke man. Uh, Coke till I'm broke, as, as as I say, as you know. Well, uh, Coke, if you're listening and you feel like sponsoring us, like uh, feel free. Yeah, Coke Zero. Coke Zero. I don't care how many studies tell you, the ingredients may give you cancer. Coke Zero. <laughs> just kidding. God. Just, I mean, I'm obviously just joking. Lawyers out there, put your lawyer pens away. I, I enjoy a Coca-Cola. Um, and uh, as, a, as a resident of a first world country, I get to ignore um, the... Uh, what they do around the world so uh go on polluting i'm gonna keep shooting that coke into my face (laughs) (laughs) well you got the diplomatic community right right i mean you do 
Well, um, I do officially, yeah. but yeah. I'm gonna. Uh, I'll just move to St. John's Wort. Where? Do, what is your place called? <laughs> no, it's Glencoe and Lockshire. Okay, that's a little callback for the fans of the podcast. If you've been listening up until this point and you recognize that reference, give yourself a gold star on your Pop Saga card. Fifty more, and you will be eligible for a free sandwich at. Nowhere at your own house. You gotta make it in, yourself. An indie frigidaire. <laughs> yeah, this right from the indie refrigerator. So look out for that when that comes out. Well, congratulations, everybody. This segment was brought to you by Fanta. Tastes best in the United States. Doesn't <laughs> taste too great anywhere else. Except is Japan. That a, is that, that is a, a fact? fact? Yes. Can't wow. Confirm. I am. I'm excited to be in the presence of not only a lord of Scotland. But also uh, a lot of soda. Yeah, you're a a a fantastic. No, that doesn't work. But (laughs) Max Mask of the Fanta. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, It's a fantastic. Nope, nope. Can't still still trying to get it to work. But you know what? Um, Let's leave Fanta shooting mainlining Coca-Cola into the face mm-hmm. and a uh, refrigerator Indiana Jones with a rubbery snake arm and a, a <laughs> taste gold. for Pepsi Co. Uh, I, I'm going to go a rear. I, I'm going to just start. I know you're trying to desperately to steer us this ship back <laughs> to go on course. Back. Of course you are. <laughs> but uh, I just want to say, uh, Spielberg, if you're listening... <laughs> You know our, you know our uh, email address. If you want, if I want to get a little, if you want, I would be happy with just the story by credit. If you want to use this idea in the long gestating sequel uh, to Indiana Jones Four, that's fair. You know what, uh, Mr. Spielberg? If you are listening, please give him the written by or uh, story, broad, just like story, just like an story. extra story by credit or additional yeah. detail you know yeah. uh additional story elements written yeah. um, and it just by... keep forest don't you don't need to add me to it i i feel like okay <laughs> additional elements for the screen created by the the podcast pop song <laughs> then a link a hyperlink no no a qr code in the credits <laughs> that people can no scan. no a scratch a sniff card <laughs> yeah look we're we like to remind you of old stuff <laughs> Uh, what's a QR code? I know what a yeah, QR code I, is. Anyway, please, please continue. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, the PepsiCo robots want me to say next. What is today's episode about? Uh, yes. Well, today's episode is about the 1981 cartoon Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Spider-Man and his amazing friends, Iceman and Firestar. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's kind of how it goes. And, and more specifically, Season 1, Episode 2, The Fantastic Mr. Frump. Yes. That episode near and dear to my heart. Y- yep, and... um. So I think that we should give a little context, a little background on this one. This one is a little unique um, when you compare it to the other things that we've been talking about on the podcast so far. 
This is something that I have never seen up until I saw it for this show. Um, so this is not part of... Uh, I have no nostalgia link to that. And um, I think it's going to play a very big part <laughs> Yeah, that's our discussion that's, today. Yes, that's the reason why I recommended it. So um, I grew up watching this in reruns. Um, just because, you know, any... Any superhero is better than no superhero, and this, uh, the look, the feel, the sounds of this is kind of what I see when I see these characters or hear them in other mediums. I always just kind of think of, uh, Spider- specifically Spider-Man and his amazing friends, not necessarily the Spider-Man cartoon that was just a, by its own thing, this series, um, yeah, it ran for 24 episodes, it, technically they said it was like three seasons but you know it was like eight here like ten here and then like the remainder for uh season three but um this really galvanized uh spider-man his look his sound to me wow so that is uh that's fascinating i uh, like i said i have no prior uh experience with it so uh with that in mind let me um just uh give myself a little help here <laughs> gonna need a little uh liquid a little uh liquid lubricant uh for this one while we remember this very something episode of a very something show <laughs> episodes very near and dear to my heart um i i love the villain and um i think that comes also from my brother's uh love of the villain that's in this episode um i don't know should i just come out and say who it is yeah absolutely because uh, the uh, there there it's not long into the episode uh when you find out who the main antagonist of this uh of this yeah, one will be. It, it's maybe like 10 seconds in yeah 15 he shows up so yeah the main villain on this is truly one of my favorite villains of all time of all comicdom is dr doom Yes, Doctor Doom, who uh, is featured in the intro as well. So we get we we are already primed for Doom with that intro. Um, but uh, before we jump into the recap, um, let's tell the folks a little bit about who created this thing. Um, it, as we said before, this is from season one, quote unquote. I guess uh, for for me, I watched it on Disney Plus, and they lumped all twenty three. Uh, it's just treated episode. as one season. Exactly, when... it's treated as one season. So, uh, but I'm pretty confident this is still season one because it's the second episode. Yes, it is. Um, yes, it is. very good, and it is entitled "The Fantastic Mister Frump." Um, this is not some sort of clever allusion to the political situation we find ourselves in today. This is the actual name of the the title, and being a frump is is sort of um is kind of like old slang for somebody who is a bit of a um, probably somebody who is suffering from clinical depression. <laughs> I think now, if you think about it, but at the time they were just kind of like a wet blanket. Yeah, you're just a frump. Yeah, and uh and fantastically. Yes, a fantastic Mr. Frump. And it's directed uh by uh Don Jerwick um and Bob Richardson. Uh yes. which all the episodes are directed by, I think. 
Well, Don, Don Jurek does. Um, so it was like Don Jurek and Bob Richardson for a few episodes, but when mm-hmm. we got into later ones, it's just Don. And it was uh, written by uh, Christy Marks, um, starring Shepard Menken as Dr. Doom, June Foray, Kathy Garber, the incomparable Frank Welker. We get a, a true treat having him in this show. Uh, and um, Dan uh, Gal- <laughs> Can you help I'm going to wait to see if you say it right. I've met the man, so... Oh, man. Yeah. So it's Dan uh, Glivazon? Nope. Gilvazon. 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 Not by uh, the. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gilvazon is... Uh, is a, if you people are a fan of uh, Nick Kroll, you'll know what I'm referencing there, but... Um, and uh, Alan Young as the uh, titular Mr. Frump. Let's let's tell everybody um, who Spider-Man's amazing friends are. We got Bobby Drake, Iceman, and um, <laughs> Iceman, <laughs> and uh, Firestar, a character that was created just for this show. Yep. Yep. Who had, whose looks were based off of Mary Jane from the comic. Well, there you go. Uh, I understand that she was created for the show because the producers wanted very badly for there to be an ice and fire dynamic in the the two heroes flanking Spider-Man. And uh, the Human Torch, uh, the rights for the Human Torch were uh, tied up in licensing deals, um, which I think will be something that's familiar to somebody, to anybody who is following the uh, the sort of renaissance that Marvel has had in um, the last few decades, or I should mm-hmm. say, more mm-hmm. like a decade and a half, perhaps, or a little over a decade. Um, yeah, two decades. Sure. Let's just. Let's say yeah, it's fine. Just, I mean, it's like twelve years, but it's cool. Yeah, it's close. You round up. Um, yeah, I think that's how that works. Yeah, <laughs> me no good math. Yeah, me math good. Um, but so that they they created a a hero um, just for the show who has uh, migrated from the show into the uh, the Marvel continuity proper in the comics and has has actually has gone on to um, have quite a storied career. Um, in the on the comic side, that is correct. Couldn't now, have said it better myself. What is her? What is her non Firestar name? I, I was Angelica I, Jones. Angelica Jones. Cool. It's a very cool. It's a, it's a cool name. I also noticed in this uh, intro, um, the intro is great uh, because it does a, does a lot of heavy lifting in terms of uh, setting the table. Um, for the rest of the show uh, because it gives us kind of like all the exposition we need right out the gate, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we got it's like, okay, it's got Spider-Man his amazing friends are these two people um, if they hear a, a giant like uh, huge like kaiju-sized fire monster attacking New York uh, they jump into action and make short work of it, truly <laughs> Yeah, they smash that sucker, uh, you know, freeze them and, and, and break them. 
Yep. It looks like he's going to give New York for a run for its money, but nope. Um, these these two uh, college-age heroes have more power than they possibly know how to do with, or what to do with. And uh, another thing that kind of uh, was funny, I thought, in the intro is that Firestar basically kind of hints that she burns Green Goblin to a cinders. Um after just wreathing him in flames in the intro. <laughs> yeah, no, he is, um, he gets blown up pretty good. Then, you know, Dr. Doom shows up. It, it's a pretty big cavalcade of, um, showing that it's a pretty big world as far as, uh, who's going to be involved. Uh, they have a great apartment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I had a really hard time sort of, like, w- with the locations in this show, like, where they actually are, and all three of them live with Aunt May, <laughs> apparently. That's her house. Yeah, but, like, they have a, a secret room. Right, they have, a they have like, they're all in a room, like, where they hang out, and it has, like, uh Incredible Hulk poster on the wall, which I thought was great. Um... And then all turns around and and becomes a pretty uh, advanced high tech lair with a a radar table, um, some modern art paintings in the background. <laughs> look like, I mean, uh, it's obviously computer systems, but they're very simple looking. And then some, yeah, some tape based computers and, and a chemistry set. Um, they fucked up May's house. I'm just saying. <laughs> you think she lives on the bottom floor? Yeah. I think that she lives on the bottom floor, or or this is like the in-law apartment over the garage, and one day after Spider-Man and his amazingly inconsiderate friends move out, um, she'll just be vacuuming, and all of a sudden, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's like, it's coming out of the ground, knocks her oh, over. Oh, dear. Oh, Peter, help! This is terrible! What have you done to my room? knocks her into a pit like like she gets like the coffee table goes underneath and it turns she's into like this trap and she's just trapped underneath yeah so that, what i'm saying is that uh <laughs> a secret layer one day aunt maid's tomb the next <laughs> jeez hopefully they all don't find apartments quick and you know they can be around to <laughs> rescue her yeah please we can all hope um and so yeah, so the intro is great, and uh, it's very of the time. Uh, and when I say that, I mean it's you know it, it definitely smacks of the '70s because you know this is very early '80s, so we still have that '70s aesthetic um, mm-hmm. going on. Very stiff animation, um, just uh, like the fire animation, especially is is I think by if you were to, if you were um, holding it up to today's standards of animation. Uh, people probably wouldn't look too kindly on it, but it definitely has that same vibe. It's comparable quality-wise to what was on TV at the time. Yeah, easily. I don't think there's... Um... Yeah, I don't really think there's a high-level animation, especially American animation from back then, that yeah didn't look... Uh, it looked pretty similar. Yeah. So... If you're if you're used to like any sort of Hanna Barbera stuff, um, I think you will find this uh, comparable. Um, but to be fair, I think that this has one of the best intro themes in the business. Uh, just the mu- for me again, mm-hmm. it's all nostalgia based. Um, the the music works 
seeing like the cavalcade of different villains and transformations it always seemed like it was a promise of a good time <laughs> yeah and and uh the speaking of incomparable um the wonderful the the effervescent the <laughs> the uh, legend himself stanley is involved in this uh production as uh as the narrator starting with season two um and i i hear that uh the the previous season one episodes were he, he was added his narration was added later um to maintain continuity but he um he's uncredited as the narrator so fantastic so without further ado now that we're bas- past the intro that that um accompanies every episode let's jump on in to the the episode at large yeah so uh, you you called this out earlier. the The show opens up to us on kind of a, a rooftop, um, which it turns out to be the Latvian embassy because yes. we see <laughs> Doctor Doom on top. Yeah. This is great because this is a very strange building. the The top is very pedestrian, like it's just a flat rooftop, but the front has a spooky facade that looks very latvarian um and very out of place uh in in sort of this industrial block uh neighborhood that it is in in new york but i thought it was i had no idea what i was looking at at first i was like is this a haunted house is this where the fantastic mr frump lives um <laughs> and no no like you, they uh they they reveal the 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 sign plate that says latvarian embassy and that was just hilarious because they kind of pan up from that sign to show Doctor Doom on the roof. <laughs> it was just like if you lived in the city and you were just riding by it on your bike, and you're like, "Oh, that's Latvian Embassy." Wait a minute, Latveria? That sounds so familiar. Isn't that where that that super villain Doctor Doom is from? Hey, he he's up on the roof. What is he doing <laughs> up there? He's talking with a weird accent. Like it, it's 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 my favorite sounding doom. Still yeah. to this day. So I mean, I I think one of the things that we talked about a little bit before we did this episode, you had mentioned to me that you believe this is this may be the best sort of incarnation of doom um, in media and. Yes. Now, outside of the comic books, of course. Granted, outside of the comic books, and I don't know, I don't really remember him very well from the later Spider-Man cartoons or even the Fantastic Four cartoons that came out, but, I mean, I think you might be right, and I think that that is maybe not a, it's maybe not a, um, like a compliment to this episode as much as it is as, as a condemnation of everybody who has taken on this character after this oh 100 percent um the one thing that you'll notice with all the spider-man and amazing uh, friends episodes is if they tweak something like you know certain characters might not have certain powers or in other instances they have um you know given new powers like a thunderbird for example in the X-Men episode, turns into a bear. Guess what? That wasn't his powers. He was just strong. Um, but th- I guess they felt having Colossus in him are both that's like having the same thing. Sure. Um, so they cut away from that. But everything is fairly 
faithful to the source material. And same with Doctor Doom. And the big thing that I find with uh, future incarnations of Doctor Doom is he's usually made out to be like British. You know, like that's as far European as he goes. Or he has no accent. The thing is, you know, Latveria, if it was a real place, would be like in Eastern Europe somewhere. So you'd have that kind of sound. Sometimes they try to make him sound like he's like Dracula. Yeah. But, but I don't hear that either. This voice sounds just, you know, like proper from the region. This, this version of Doctor Doom blends both science and magic. A lot of times they either focus on one or the other. But this one, he is doing both things. Um, and, you know, it's like, there's no embellishments to his costume. It's very true to, like, the intro title card. So each one of these episodes opens with a title card that tells you what the episode is. And it looks like it's drawn... Uh, from the comics, I think that's a great, like, classic Doctor Doom look. Yeah, I mean, and carry I think that right through. Yeah, that's true. I agree, and I think the only thing that is kind of jarring and maybe a little off-putting is the uh, pea soup flavor or pea soup colored bib um, that makes up the sort of tunic area of his outfit. Oh, I thought um, you were going to say his green. It was like his olive-colored eyes. Yeah, that, <laughs> he looks like he has. He looks like he has delicious pimento green olive eyes. That's true. Um, I just fall into those those beautiful greens like a sweet martini garnish. Um, <laughs> but no, um, uh, yeah, so he. I think for animation reasons, they had they couldn't make the green on his cloak and the green on his tunic the same. Um, but it is a, a funny little change that um, that that just kind of sets it to the to. The, to like the right of what you would expect from the from this character and part of that is maybe intentional or or at the very least it has been made intentional retroactively since um this it takes place in earth 8107 um so not the the core 616 um continuity of of uh of the of the Marvel comics. So these little changes we can we can just attribute to the fact that this is from an alternate uh earth. That's fair. Yeah. So but why is he on the rooftop for us? <laughs> so all right. So as you expected, uh or sorry, as you ex- as you um explained, uh we're getting to see both parts of the duality that is dr doom and um that is uh that he is a man of science but he is also a man of magic um so he is up on the roof um he's got a little a a fun little part of an amulet and um he's up there to do a spell and 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 he's not there up there alone yeah. <laughs> uh he's got his buddy Horace is there and his uh pink and purple raincoat which I Wait, just did love. Wait, you call him Horace or Boris? Is his name Boris? I heard Boris. Horace. It's Boris. <laughs> okay. There's there's no way a dude from Latveria is going to be called Horace. <laughs> yeah. I mean there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of the presentation of Horace Boris. Um there's a lot of stuff that really um 
that was really uh, uh, fun about it. But um, he's calling down the lightning. Uh, the storm obeys doom. He is the master of he's he can he can control lightning apparently through spells. Mm-hmm. But um, so we get a little bit of that. The lightning strikes the roof. And, um, and 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 makes a series a, a pattern of holes in the in the roof, and um, but then we cut away from that ex- exciting scene to some funny shenanigans yeah, as uh, Peter is seen uh, racing away from Aunt May's house. Yeah, because he's late. He's going to a basketball game or something. Yep, he's late for a basketball game. Um, and Not playing uh, in it, he just wants to go watch it. So that's fair. Yeah, he just wants to go watch it. Um, but there's a storm out, as we know, because Doctor Doom has conjured it, and uh, Aunt May is concerned that he is not going to take his umbrella. But um, that's okay, because uh, that little the Aunt May's little doggy uh, has that umbrella and is fi- following after Peter. But Peter could give a fuck. <laughs> Yeah, he books it. He's gone. He does not care. She's like, don't forget your umbrella. Here's the dog carrying it to you, sir. And he is just like, fuck you. (laughs) Now let it be. I gotta go. He doesn't care. Yeah, he books it. Yeah, he's gone. Um, And uh, he meets up with his... uh, He... He he meets up with his friends, right? Yeah, he meets up with... um, uh, Iceman and uh, uh, Firestar, right? And and then we cut back. I think briefly to see like when we cut it. When we cut away from Doom in the previous scene, he was like Horus Boris, Horus Boris, Horus Boris. Go get this amulet go, piece. Yeah, go get the final piece of this amulet. Yeah, and that setup. I thought that was going to be the whole episode. Um, but no, oh, no. Next scene, Horace has got it. He, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, no, he he steals it easily. Mm-hmm. Like because he had an hour, he had an hour to steal it. Yeah, Just remember that. It was no and problem. Now he sprayed some like water on the glass, and it dissolved, and he just stole that amulet. Yeah, it it's glossed over very quickly, and 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 uh, Doom's got he's got all the pieces of his amulet. Yeah, and he's busy drawing a. I don't even know what that shape would be. Yeah, it it has it's vaguely it has five points, so it has sort of like a vague um pentagraphic um feeling to it, which I appreciated. Like he's making like sim- sigils in the ground. And so at this point in the episode, I'm kind of like, all right, it's Dr. Junum episode. We're seeing some sort of like occult magic stuff going on. I am uh I'm 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 into it. Exactly. See, this this show gives you everything and quick. No, no messing around. Yeah, because um, we cut from that. Um, we cut from that to uh, the 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 three friends walking by uh, the exterior of a shop when they hear some commotion inside, and this some um, sad old man is being fired for being a daydreamer. This is our uh, first look at a. Uh mr frump indeed we're in, introduced to the fantastic mr frump himself he's uh he's he's getting fired for being a daydreamer but like i said before 
I think we're seeing what we're seeing is a man who suffers. He's a childless man who is is quite old. He's he has no other relationships. He's alone, and he is like clinical level depressed because. I think when you say you're too much of a daydreamer, it just means you're probably just spacing out at work. Um, and I, yeah, I'm sure he's just he's just descending into some sort of like uh, self hate spiral. <laughs> I'm sure. Well, that's the the funny thing is like the the main, I think it's uh, uh, Iceman at the end says, "Well, don't worry. I'm sure your luck will change." Yeah, and like that literally foreshadows the rest of the episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it was either Iceman or Firestar said, uh, "You know, your 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 luck is about you know you never know when your luck will turn around," yeah. and it very much seems like this dude is off to kill himself. <laughs> he might be. I mean, like you kind of we kind of follow him throughout um, up until the fantastic part happens. Indeed, and, yeah, I. I feel bad for him up until this point, but my my yeah, sure changes near the mm-hmm. <laughs> near the middle of it. My sympathy for Mister Frump um, is slowly eroded after this, but we'll get into that. But uh, Mister Frump is played by the uber talented Alan Young. Um, yeah, he's a real that guy, huh? Yeah, no, he like his career started in the late forties. Yeah, um, and pretty much he had multiple shows named after him. Uh, what everyone who's listening to this would probably know him as Ed, or no, excuse me, Wilbur from Mister Ed. Yes, he's Wilbur. Um, I don't even Ed. fucking know Mister Ed, but <laughs> somehow I, I know to that watch reference Mr. Ed all the time. <laughs> yeah, he used to put fucking peanut butter on his gums to make him talk. Yeah, I'm sure that it, I'm sure that that's horrifying in the context of what what happened to that horse but well the rumors used to be they stuck carrots up his butt to make them that was the that was the schoolyard um story that you always heard about mr ed it's funny how we we truly like inherit pop culture from our parents because i don't know why anyone was talking about mr ed on the schoolyard it's only because your parents were watching it you were watching it with them no, I was watching it on my own on wow. Nick at Night. Yeah, you, oh, I used to watch Green Acres, Mister Ed, you <laughs> name it, uh, Gilligan's Island. I used to watch all those old shows. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on Gilligan's Island. Um, yeah, Green Acres is the place to be. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Oh shit. But oh <laughs> god damn, we're gonna do a Green Acres episode. <laughs> okay. That'll be another one you can kind of uh, introduce me to because I'm not. Not but you, but um, I just wanted to say this because I, I, I really do appreciate Alan Young, uh, especially because later on in, in his career he kind of transitioned to voice acting, mm-hmm. or mostly voice acting. He did some appearances, and he is the voice of Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, that would be that. I think that's probably what a lot. Hopefully, if anyone uh, you know under thirty five is listening to this, maybe that's what they recognize him from but yeah i don't think that's our demographic but. no i don't think so i think that that um that is something that we might be able to to wish for had we uh the amulet that um the <laughs> that dr doom now holds aloft and um i don't know about you but it looks like uh, this amulet was procured from a box of Frosted Flakes because it's great. <laughs> so I, was, I thought 
It was a button bought at the Lion King, like the musical. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a knockoff Lion King uh, uh, drinking glass top, like a soda cup top. Yeah, it's a square of of living. Yeah, it, it's Make meant it to look. All. <laughs> it's meant to look ancient. It's meant to look mysterious. It looks dumb. It looks corny. Um, it looks like a prize from a. a uh, Frosted Crack Flakes box, yeah. yeah. Um, but to balance off that weirdness, because you know he's he's um, he's giving us some more exposition. He's telling us uh, that this the soon he'll be able to control the powers of the universe. Um, but then we cut over. We got back to Spider Man, and yes. I actually thought this is a pretty funny gag here. Um, because apparently the Spider-Man and the Amazing Friends, I guess they have office hours where they just dress up in costume and sort of go around the city just in case something bad happens. Um, but they're kind of bored, so <laughs> they're in for, they want to race. Yeah, they want to race back to their apartment. Yeah. So. Oh my god, this one cracked. Yeah, so the... Um, yeah, Firestar says they'll, she'll give, uh, Iceman and Spider-Man a a head start, and they all start sort of changing into their costumes, um, and I thought the gag about Spider-Man not having, like, a magical way to change his costume was actually pretty funny. Yeah, he's sitting there fucking, like, hopping on one foot, trying to take the (laughs) shoes off, trying to take his pants, while, like, uh, for for the folks at home, Iceman and, uh, Firestar... Uh, both change. Iceman shoots ice at his feet, encases himself in a block of ice, then breaks out. And uh, Firestar goes from like normal to not lit on fire, but looks like kind of fire, and then is, tra- is transformed into uh, Firestar. And they both have the greatest sound effects ever. Oh, totally. And uh, I, I, I will fight you all if you want to argue with me. <laughs> it's, in fact, I'm going to put them here if I'm able to find them. But it's time for me to be myself. To be Firestar. Say, I better change the ice, man, and help you guys get him back. And he thought of that all by himself. Fantastic. Yes, please do. Because they, they, are, they are just wacky and bizarre and wonderful um so this is what i thought was great because the the it then transitions to what is has got to be the the least exciting slowest race you've ever seen um spider-man has stopped to think up time to stop and think about what he's going to do to win um and then proceeds to very slowly take a shortcut yeah, it's the longest shortcut in history, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. So, at this point, I wrote in the notes, the, the race has to be over by now, because we're talking about Firestorm of Star, who can fly, and uh, Iceman, who can uh, create these uh, sort of ramps of ice everywhere. So, they're they're easily able to take shortcuts of their own. So, the, the race must be over, but um, we find out later that's not true. Because Spider-Man stumbles, <laughs> happens to <laughs> this shortcut he's taking is, I guess, through the Latvian embassy. Um, because he stumbles upon Doctor Doom and, and what he's doing, and uh, he gets zapped the fuck out of. Yeah, Doom sees him, like, nope, and gets promptly shocked by Doctor Doom. Yeah, yeah. As uh, Doom is speaking his incantation. 
Yes, it's a very it's a it's a very sort of like uh mecha like a high mecha high knee ho type um um uh, uh like uh, incantation that he's speaking and uh one thing I'll, I'll give this episode well, go ahead do you do you have it written down oh yeah no i i guess by mystic ragath grail let alamagra prevail and i can't let you stop me now by the mystic Roboth Grail, let Arumaga prevail. There you go. Yep. Yeah, some so some pretty Lamagra. good, it's pretty solid occult stuff. Well, Lamagra, th- this might be the first mention of the blood god Lamagra in Marvel's history. Because, remember, he showed up in Blade. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what Stephen Dorff turned himself into after he stopped smoking all those vape pens. Yep. Yeah. He turned himself <laughs> he was, into Lamagra. Yep, he was a real... God. Uh, he, he had some red eyes, and that's when you know he's Lamagra. Yeah. So, all I'm saying is, see, that that is that is the... That is why Blade is one of my favorite Marvel movies because they followed a, a at this point almost twenty-year-old cartoon show who mentioned him first. <laughs> That's commitment. Yeah, and uh, to give this show another bit of uh, bona fides, uh, or I should say, another bit of praise, uh, I'm going to say I love the Kirby Crackle. Uh, yes. That they do when Doctor Doom shoots off his his gauntlet blasts. Um, I thought that was good. Um, so, but Spider Man's not having it, and because yeah, Doctor um, Doom he, he holds this, uh, that that amulet up, and he's about to bring out the tiger in you, and um, and Spider Man's like, nope, and uh, that that amulet gets knocked out of his hands yeah, and he trips him right yeah like, he, like, he tackles him to the ground and the the amulet goes flying and it and it and the, i think the the sort of comically the beam of power from the heavens sort of like makes a dog leg turn to go <laughs> like hit the hit the actual amulet after it falls out and uh who should walk by to pick up this amulet well, who is it? Know, who is it down there? Who's a... It's downtrodden Mister Frump. So he his picks... luck is turning around. Seems yeah. like. Yeah, he picks it up. He gets hit by it. And he's like, ah! And he just throws it on the ground where it breaks back into four pieces. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, what's this thing? I don't like it. And he well, then he breaks it. it. Yeah, because like it splashed in a pool of water, and of course, and got him wet. Just giving him the rest of how his day was going so far. Yeah, he doesn't want any walks away. <laughs> yeah, so he, he is unaware of, of what type of powers have been transferred uh, onto him. Um, but S- Spider-Man meets up with his uh, friends again. Uh, actually, Spider flies like butt first past um, Firestar and Iceman and sort of swings around a, a telephone pole and comes back. And Ice Man's like, wait, I thought he was behind us. So the the slowest race in the history of race is still going by this time. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't understand what they were doing. I think at a certain point, uh, Firestar and Iceman were racing each other, and she got too close. And he's like, hey, not too close, hot stuff. Yeah, no, yeah, they have this totally crazy scene 
where um, uh, she's flying so slowly, and he is slowly ska- like skating along on his ice path. And she gets a little close to him, and his ice pass melts, and he's like, whoa, it's getting too hot. Get away. <laughs> this, yeah. I thought for sure this would be part of the story that comes back later, but no. Nope, it's just a <laughs> Just one-off. a little aside. Yeah. And then, yeah, Spider-Man shows up at that point. And then I think um, he mentioned something about Doctor Doom. He says, we have to, we can't let Doctor Doom get his am- amulet. And oh, Iceman yeah. says... Why wouldn't we want him to have his breakfast? Yeah. This is <laughs> he thinks he, not omelet. He thinks he said omelet. <laughs> Iceman, if you're not aware, in, the, in this particular incarnation, is so dumb. So dumb. Um, that I had also watched another episode um, where he... <laughs> He's walking with a woman in the park, and the Green Goblin kidnaps this woman, and he is just like, wow, that's a great Green Goblin costume. Anyway, bye. (laughs) It takes him like five minutes to be like, wait a minute, that was the real Green... I I think Spider-Man has to tell him that was the real Green Goblin. He doesn't... Well, no, he sits there, he's like, hook up wires, and the, wait a minute, we're outside. Yeah, he's like, wow, their wire work is really impressive. Yeah. Um, anyway, Iceman, they play Iceman as just, like, he is so dumb. Um, yeah, Iceman and, and, voiced uh, by F- Frank Welker. Yes. Frank Welker doing an amazing voice for a dumb, dumb character. Yeah, it, it sounds very close to Frank Welker's natural voice. Yes. Fred it is. <laughs> sounds the closest to him. It's just Fred. <laughs> it's, it's just Fred. Yeah, but for those wondering, he he's the voice of Doctor Claw, Megatron, Abu from Aladdin. Absolutely. Like, if you don't know who Frank Welker, what are you doing listening to this podcast? Yeah, get out of here. Flagellate, get out of here. flagellate so, thine self. Yeah, remove thine stars. robe and produce the cat of nine tails and flagellate. Oh man, we're fucking doing Da Vinci Code <laughs> shit now. We'll get there. Um, no, we won't. No. <laughs> fair i think that's fair i read the first two sentences in that da vinci code book i said no nah, i'm good i i uh i tore through that thing like it was uh like it was made of beef jerky <laughs> that's not a good thing no yeah like, um beef jerky is meant to last you shouldn't be pounding beef jerky <laughs> uh-oh oh oh boy yeah I, I i pop a six or a beef jerky and i'm done so I could just see you like passed out on your couch, your hand opens up and just like nothing but like Jack Link beef sticks roll out. And you're like, I'm just a big uh, fan of the Squatch. Yeah, like, we'll talk about him. That, that's, that counts, right? Cryptids? Those are pop culture. Anyway. Yeah, we could have a cryptid talk. I think we should. Yeah, my um, f- yeah. Uh, favorite cryptid, go. Oh, right now. Um, just Just one, just one, go. Oh, I, I like the Mothman. Yeah, wrong. Wrong answer. Get out of here. If it's not the Jersey Devil, no one gives a shit. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we go from that transition to Mr. Frump trying to look for work yeah, in a pawn shop. Yeah, he doesn't know shop. he's got godlike powers. Yeah, there is no manual, so very much like Greatest American Hero, nothing. He just, he's like, I lost my job, I need to find a job. 
He goes into a pawn shop that's looking for help, and literally the guy is like, uh, no jobs for you. Yeah. Didn't even see him because he's reading a newspaper. Rejects him on voice alone. Yeah. Then tells him to bug off. Mm-hmm. And that's big when Mr. Mistake. Trump is, is, yeah, big mistake. But he didn't know this. It's not like over his sign said, anything this guy says happens. Mm-hmm. So when he's told the bug off, Mr. Frump goes back to him and says, No, you bug off. And then the dude turns into a giant ass roach reading a newspaper. Yeah, he, he somehow he doesn't know he has these powers, but already he is emboldened to stand up to this very scary looking fellow who is a who's a who's a thick daddy and <laughs> two c's yeah. two c's a uh, thick daddy and he um yeah he t- he turns this guy into a kafka-esque monster um he it doesn't is. the the pawn shop owner does not realize of his who's not aware of his uh just horrifying transmogrification but um but yeah he has been turned into a a monster and uh <laughs> presumably presumably lives like this um for the rest of the episode at least yeah for the rest of his days yeah i mean not to spoiler alert if you if you don't want the end of this episode spoiled and you somehow haven't seen it you know skip ahead but um yeah this is all of his uh Mr. Frump's weird machinations are are undone by the end of this episode in a very <laughs> convenient bow tie that is put uh on the finale but we'll 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 get there when we get there that's it um then we cut from that to what I wrote down as the four way intersection of fate mm-hmm yeah because <laughs> why is that so it's like this see this is how you know it's a real like comic uh uh focused uh cartoon because here they are in like i guess the corner of the latvarian embassy uh spider-man amazing friends are going one way dr doom is just on the street and it's just kind of weird to see him on the street yeah like i i don't know why but it you know obviously he walks around but you would think he'd be floating or flying or just he wouldn't touch it. But he sees the amulet on the ground, thinks it still has the power. The amazing friends see the amulet on the ground. They all race towards it and they all grab uh, uh, pieces of the amulet. Yes. Right in front of that very embassy. Yeah. Um, and so they're jockeying over that uh, that the, the, that amulet. Um in the street, and then, um, yeah, Doctor Doom prepares to straight up kill Iceman. <laughs> Iceman makes a joke about like getting killed, and Doctor Doom's like, "Okay, I will kill you then." He's um, like, "Oh no, oh no god!" <laughs> um, and then we, I think, there's a commercial break. Yeah, you get the great transition, and we come back, uh, and now we're back with Mister Frump. Yeah. And two really shitty kids are... They've got a whole song figured out about them already. So obviously this is maybe a daily thing. Um, but yeah, uh, they're, they're calling him Fatty Frump. Oh, it's weird old Frump! Fatty Frump! Fatty Frump! Looks like he lives in a garbage dump! Yeah, Fatty Frump. Fatty Frump says he lives in a garbage dump. <laughs> yeah, which might be true. <laughs> this guy's really down on his luck. Um... 
but uh, it's not long before he uh, mind controls two of them to go to go get uh, jump in a lake, which seems like uh, uh, like a a merciful um, option when the, he turns the third child into a sentient clam. Yeah, a giant clam. He's like, clam up. Why don't you clam up? And he turns him into a clam. And, and this has got to be horrifying for this child to suddenly, to at one moment be a boy and then the next be a silent, uh, a sentient clam who, um, you know, you're not even in water. So you're just going to die, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I wrote Frump murders these kids. Because, mm-hmm. like, you told them to jump in the lake. They're not going to get out. They're going to live there. They're going to die of hypothermia. And then, yeah, one turned into a giant clam that was just on the sidewalk. I don't know how long clams live on sidewalks, but I don't imagine it's that long. Absolutely. Um, and then we cut back to the, the doom fight. And but, Wait, did you notice the grin on Trump's... Uh, Trump's <laughs> shit. <laughs> well, did you notice the look? There? Yeah, for, yeah. Well, it's there. There's a lot of uh, parallels here mm-hmm. that could be be said for things. Um, did you notice the look on Frump's face when he realized that what he says comes true? Oh yeah. I mean, it's a real evil fucking look. It's he, a real sadistic grin. Yes, uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely, and it is absolutely corrupting him at this moment. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, oh man, so far everything I say happens. And it's a real, real wicked look. Yeah. Um, but then we cut back to Doctor Doom fighting our our three amazing friends. And I think there is some cool stuff in this sequence. I like Doctor Doom's... Uh, this is where they kind of delve more into the technological side of Doctor Doom's suit. And I really love the whole, like, he gets shot with fire from Firestar, and he absorbs the heat, and then, like, uh, he has, like, these instant cooling mechanisms, and sort of, like, steam shoots out of all the seams, and then he sort of channels it to his gauntlet, opens up a little portal in his finger, and shoots her uh, with some white-hot steam, which you would think wouldn't be no big deal. Uh, for Firestar, but I guess it's got some water in there, so it, it really is ends up being quite effective. And then has a sonic siren in his wrist. Mm-hmm. And then he goes too far um, by smashing the shit out of Firestar's wrist to try to get her to drop her amulet part. And I was like, Doom, you're doing too much. Yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's really living up to his uh, villain persona, um, but we don't get to spend too much time with this, which is admittedly maybe a more interesting B story than what's happening in the A story. And in the A story, we cut back to now God Frump. Um, and, Lord uh, Frump. Frump. He's, he's uh, getting a little peckish, so he makes himself a hot dog. But this, uh, at least the first incarnation of this hot dog that we see in the cartoon is all bun. <laughs> There's yeah, no, there's no meat there. No. It's just a bun. It's a hot dog shaped bun inside of a hot dog bun. Um, of course, That'd when we get a close up, we we do see a little bit of color change there. But um, the whole time, it's it's uh, from this sort of like medium shot. It's all just bun. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think it changes when he says he's like, I like mine with mustard. And then it's like... Yeah, when it shows it, the close-up, it, it it's there. But when it cuts back to the outside, there's just mustard and uh, ketchup on the bun link. 
um, when he actually eats it, which is which is funny because we we're struggling to figure out what the rules are for this power because he can make people he can compel people to do stuff mm-hmm. and he can create things out of thin air but mm-hmm. the power is doing a little bit of, of the lifting in terms of kind of interpreting what he wants because and this is sort of an example of that because he 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 says he wants a hot dog he gets a hot dog but it doesn't have the toppings he wants but the fact that he made it happen wouldn't it just be the perfect hot dog i guess not um, no he has to, to do a little tweaks here and there so he's not no, he's not omnip he's not god you see well it, it it's obviously that these powers are limited by the person using them and their level of imagination which means frump has no imagination mm-hmm. right like and you can see it a few times actually where the amulet just kind of interprets what he says or it can even infer what someone else said around him to then make that go true as long as Frump acknowledges what that person said. Yes, yes, that does right. come into that comes come into play. But he, um, yeah, he goes crazy real quick. Yeah, he go, and then this it, once he is able to realize that he can make food, then the the floodgates are open in terms of his madness uh, about using this power because. He doesn't even question why he has the power, which makes me think that he is maybe uh, has an alcohol problem, and he's maybe <laughs> used to just like delirium, having like uh, he's just like has he's like uh, inflicted with horrible delirium tremens, and is just like <laughs> just like used to just these these vivid hallucinations. Um. And he must be drunk because the next thing he wishes for is a pretty kitty. Well, no, he go. He literally. This is the order in which he does things. This will never do. I want new shoes and fancy clothes, and a gilded carriage with six black horses. And those nasty boys will be my foot servants. I want someone special to be my friend, forever and ever. New clothes, mm-hmm. a gilded carriage right. with like eight horses. Yep, the kids he just murdered as his attendants, mm-hmm. and then yes, a friend, a cat named Mabel. Yep, he uh, he he wishes for like the best friend that he could ever have, and that best friend, I guess, to him, is a very pretty long haired cat. Yep, um, and uh, now 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 we cut back to the fight. Um, with with Doctor Doom, and the music is getting real groovy. The groove has been turned up to ten, even eleven, even yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's been yeah. turned up to twenty. Twenty yeah, out of ten. It's so groovy. They're battling in the sky at this point, swinging around, flying. Doom is flying. Iceman forms like a pole, which he does a lot because Iceman, like you said, it's not too bright. So yeah, he he's, all, he's got slides and poles in his his repertoire. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of there's a, there's it's very hard to sort of spatially figure out what is going on in this fight because yeah. um, Firestar flies away with a piece of the amulet. Um, Doctor Doom is flying after her. Um, Iceman goes goes to sort of fly after them both, but um, kind of goes too high and has to like 
take a pole down to the ground and then like spider-man jumps up and like grabs onto doom's like waist or whatever ankles <laughs> yep and they're like <laughs> kind of spinning around in a very like um ballet-esque dance in the sky and then dr doom gets a pile driver into the <laughs> the street yeah, he smashes hard yeah. i thought he was dead there <laughs> yeah he he just he takes a big hit and it's uh it's no problem uh for dr doom but yeah, it cracks the ground big like, oh yeah. yeah he hits hard huge uh uh a huge crack in the ground but that is nothing compared to um how the world starts changing now that mr frump has gone mad with power um, yeah, he uh what's he do? Like first he's riding his carriage and the storm is still happening. It's still raining. And so then what does he do? He orders the storm to go away cuz he wants it uh uh he first orders the storm to go away. Then he goes into like changing the building's colors to bright colors. Yeah, he um he's like this town is too boring i want he's like i want their let me give me bright colors and i want there to be red carpet everywhere yeah weird yeah weird he's got really bad taste and um but the it does allow us to get a fun uh polka dot gag with uh yes with spider-man um because this out too yeah it was a pretty pretty solid joke where um you know him and dr doom are both sort of like taken aback at what's happening to the buildings but spider-man's like well it's least come on at least it's not polka dots and then of course uh the minute he says that from uh decides to change the the buildings to to polka dots and um <laughs> it wasn't me <laughs> it wasn't me i swear it's a pretty solid joke like that's the thing about this show is that um yeah kind of it has a couple of uh singers on there that that kind of surprise you i also like how uh doom shoots the red carpet in half so it doesn't touch his feet like he just like it's rolling yeah. towards him he's just like Bzz. yeah he's just like fuck this as he realizes someone else grabbed the amulet yeah because it's obviously where these are coming from. the power of the amulet um yeah he's uh he's 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 not having it. He's not having that red carpet. Um, no. But we got to converge the two. Yeah, we got to tie these two stories together. And how right. do we do that? We have Mr. Frump saying how... Because his, <laughs> his cat meows and he's like, Yeah, that's a good point. How did, did I get these powers? I guess this is the first time he's considering why he's got the powers of a god. And he... Uh, <laughs> and then he's just like... Uh, answer to me come and uh, i thought for sure he would just get the knowledge but no no it fucking brought dr doom it just to brings him. dr doom to him and then like doom seeing this is why dr doom's so dangerous he he saw an opportunity and he's like hey you know I'm Dr. Doom, so I'm going to tell you, if someone introduced themselves to me as like, hey, my name is Murder Death Kill. How are you? Uh, I'm a good guy. I would pause. And so if a guy named Dr. Doom did the same thing, I'd be like, eh. But Frump, Lord Frump, excuse me, has, he's convinced. He's like, Spider-Man, Firestar, are your enemies? Um, He plays that guy like a fiddle. He's like... Yeah. 
Because he's like, how did I get these powers? And he's like, well, it was me who gave them to you. And if you want to know about them, then you're going to have to keep me around. And he's just like, yeah, yeah. makes sense. Frump is so lonely and so dumb that he's just like, yeah, sounds great. He's like, what do I, what do, I do next? And Dr. Doom's like, well, I've got these enemies, and you should eliminate them. And Frump is like, great! <laughs> when do I start? I am worse than a... I'm like, I am... There's like a human gun. Point, <laughs> point me at stuff, and just destruction comes out the other end. Yeah, because uh, what's he do? He summons... Um, He summons them? Yeah, he's like, appear he before me, these yeah. guys. Um, and uh, and and then, then he turns them to stone. <laughs> yeah, it's so fucking weird. He turns them straight to stone, and then they're laughing, like, maniacally. <laughs> yeah, the- <laughs> like, it- Doom's got his arm around from this. <laughs> I was just like, this is great! I've got a new friend. And and Frump has got to be the most oblivious character ever because a he doesn't know who Doctor Doom is, uh, doesn't know that he's like a like a an A level villain, like a, a menace to the Earth, and then also apparently Spider Man and Firestar and Iceman uh, are not known quantities because he doesn't care or know what their deal is. He just he just turns them to stone right away. Yep, and then he he abuses his power even more by summoning Aunt May to him because he he wants a real company. Yeah, he's like oh, this cat. Even though the cat was the one that gave him the idea to figure <laughs> yeah. out how he got the powers in the first place, he's like I need real conversation. Yeah, Aunt May to me. Yep, Aunt wouldn't May. It just be, wouldn't it just be May? Right, <laughs> it's not his aunt. <laughs> not his aunt. So, um, but yeah, he he. He just, uh, she's just, like, she's baking muffins, I think. And, uh, like, she's got, like, transports him to uh, her to him, and she's still got, like, the mixing bowl and everything. Um, but he is being, like, real gross, and at at least at first, May is into it. She's on for the ride. Um, A little bit. I mean, she is uh, mortified by seeing... Uh, Firestar in cement. Yeah, she doesn't like Spider-Man in this universe. Doesn't know Spider-Man's true identity. Um, but she is none too pleased about what he has done. To, specifically to Firestar and nobody else. <laughs> she gives yeah, a shit. She, she's like, Ugh! What have you done to that sweet girl? Yeah, um, played by June Foray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, known the, as the voice for another great Rocky. voice. Yeah, you know she lived to be ninety nine. Wow, um, she was like a month away from her hundredth birthday. Yeah, she started working in nineteen forty two. Wow. Well, this one's this one's for you, June. Yeah. Oh, jeez, already. <laughs> how many how many liquefied beef jerky <laughs> drinks can you you pound? I gotta take the beef jerky straight to the dome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Ziggy Zucky, Ziggy Zucky. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's never mention that again. 
the time for the the man show has has come and gone and and i think um that's not a man show thing that's an Oktoberfest <laughs> thing they just took Listen, it for the man show uh i am of german heritage but i so am i i don't i have not i have never been to an Oktoberfest. so well okay problem one yeah. look i can tell you from all the Oktoberfest that i've gone to you drink beer, mm-hmm. the band will just start going ziggy zoggy ziggy zoggy oi oi oi. Okay. You have to follow suit or you get no more beer. They then start playing a bunch of songs, including uh, Take Me Home or A Country Road or whatever the hell the name of that John Denver song okay. is. Okay. And then they reprise it like an hour later because the band only knows like five <laughs> songs, but you are so blitzed it doesn't matter. Okay. Well, that does sound Every great. Every Oktoberfest. Yeah, thank you. Exactly. That does sound great. Okay, well, as long as we're not talking about that uh, pile of toxic garbage, the man show, then I think we're good. Yeah, um, I was just doing a general drinking chant for liquefied beef jerky. The, uh, my mistake, then. All right, good. Now, I'm glad we got that covered. <laughs> so, anyway... Um, my favorite part is Lord Frump has now proclaimed himself master of the universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he Wink. says that a lot. Yeah, he's very... He likes titles. Yeah. Um, but he he hears Aunt May's cry for Firestar being uh, in cement, changes her back, or changes them all back, but then promptly takes away their powers. Yes. Dr. Doom is immediately... He's like, no, they'll turn on us! And then he's like, no, no no worries. We'll just take away their powers. And so, yeah, um, Firestar can't create heat. Um, ice Man is still ice, but <laughs> is it it's cold? no longer cold, which I, I'm not even going to start with that. Um, and then <laughs> Peter's Web Shooters... <laughs> stop working they stop working which is come on those are yeah. he made those those are not those have, have anything to do with powers, powers. um but my my thing is that he after he does that then frump says i can do anything mm-hmm. it's like man fuck this guy yeah like, i'm not starting to like him no he, I, my at this point my sympathy for him has completely evaporated he is acting he is just like because then he just he just rolls into rampant cat- capitalism. He he um, he summons the largest car that you can have. No, well, this is, no first he, mind to quality, mind you. Just no, size. No, he's he's first he creates a palace. Of course, there's an order of operations as you would do if you had. And then like the heroes and them start fighting, and then yeah, he's like, I want all the money in the world. And this is my this is one of my favorite parts is when uh, Doom gets hit in the sack of like in the back with a giant sack of coins mm-hmm. because then they're starting drowning in this money. Yeah. So then he sends the money away, and then Aunt May is like, "Hey, if you can do anything, why do you need money?" He he then lists off. This is this is my notes. He then lists off the lottery winner starting list. So if you won the lottery, this is what you do. Yeah, a giant car. Again, no no economy, nothing, just size. Yep. But a giant TV, mm-hmm. and this thing is like a, a two-story building, maybe a three-story tall. Yeah, it's just a very you, large CRT. Yeah, it would be a very shitty TV. Yes, you couldn't see shit on that thing. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like, oh, this looks like garbage, just really big. 
and then a yacht. And this thing all appears in his palaces. Yep. He, yeah, he just he creates it indoors. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, all my shit. And then Doom is just like, you can rule the world, dude. Like, why are you thinking so small? But then you just find out Frump's motivation is just he wants to have fun. Exactly, yeah. And what could be more fun than a gladiatorial combat? Yeah, I could think of other fun things, but right. yeah, sure. He, uh, <laughs> he, he um, shows, us, again, his complete lack of ma- imagination and um, and sends them back to uh, an ancient Roman-style gladiatorial arena. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then he, he, best- he gives the heroes with powers once again, because it's got to be... It, they got to give them a fighting chance. And he is advised um, by Dr. Doom's very <laughs> creepy ASMR whispering, which is so loud that you can tell, like, the fake words that he's saying. <laughs> Good idea, Dr. Doom. <laughs> I wrote Doom creepily whispers to Frumpsy. And instead of it being, like, sort of, like, so low that you can't you can't quite make up the words, it's literally just like this. It's, like, so loud. Be careful, that incantation might bring something Oh, up. shit. Oh, oh, oh my god, Genghis Khan is in my room! <laughs> oh, no. Yes. He's, he's whispering something where everyone would hear him. And then, yeah, he's like, yeah, summon the deadliest warrior in the world, Genghis Khan. Of all time, yeah. A 12-foot Genghis Khan appears. Yeah, I I wrote the most racist thing to appear on TV in 1981. (laughs) Probably. It is is extremely uh, problematic, but no big deal because he is met with a a wall of fire from Firestorm. And, of course, it's... (laughs) is immediately banished because I don't know uh, you know Genghis Khan is not exactly uh, a match for somebody who can control fire I don't think Um, but uh, you know at least there's someone there with a little bit of imagination because uh, because Doom says make the Cyclops and the Cerberus very specifically with three heads he is like I was like is there a Cerberus that doesn't have three heads. Right, yeah. that was his thing. <laughs> I think that's that one's a little for the audience, probably. Um, I feel like Doctor Doom knows, and and uh, but these I like these designs. They're all very Harryhausen. They're very. It's obvious they were just like kind of inspired directly by um, by the Harryhausen films, especially the Cyclops. Uh, we get some very fun humor from Iceman, some dog humor. Um, uh and uh spider-man's like uh make him a like a dog bone and iceman and it seems like spider-man's just joking but iceman takes it seriously and creates three ice dog bones and then the dogs are just waiting there for them (laughs) it works it works insanely well at least for a, a moment because the dogs are back to being um, a threat uh, not long after this, but I thought this whole sequence is... I mean, it's, it's meant to be a joke, but it's really dumb. Yeah, it's weird, because, like, I can tell you, uh, my dog, Batman, does not like ice cubes. Yeah, my dog does like ice well, cubes, but not this much. 
Right, well, like, does your dog get excited over ice cubes? Not... Or will just eat ice cubes? Well, my dog likes, uh, it's kind of a treat, especially when it's hot for the dog, and she, like, as long as they're small enough, she likes kind of crunch, crunching on them, but, um, I, I wouldn't be able to get my dog to do any sort of tricks or behave herself, um with just ice <laughs> but these dogs maybe because they are cerberus and from the uh the fiery pits of hades see that that ice bone and are um are into it that's a good point maybe i should stop trying to feed batman those like whiskey size ice balls because he'll never eat one of them <laughs> it's just too big yeah just a little big okay <laughs> um my, my bad and uh i like that that um so the cyclops has power breath which is fun um he just blows on firestorm and just wrecks her shit um and then iceman puts cerberus in the fucking stockades <laughs> just like do you you could just freeze i mean they are a fictional creature and they are a construct by a power mad idiot just freeze them in a block of ice dude now you're getting creative? Come on now. Hey, but he doesn't want to kill him. They're trying to detain. So yeah, I respect. But that. they are—they are not a thing. They're just—they are a—they uh, are a construct by that is a, basically as good as a, a hologram or whatever. I don't know. We don't know if they're alive or not. Yeah, I guess like, that's fine. I guess we don't know. I mean, they're not long. They're not alive for long. Um, because they are banished um, to the same sort of uh, uh, hell-like limbo that uh, Genghis Khan was uh, <laughs> was banished to as well, I guess. Um, but now the shit gets real weird um, yeah. because Doom is frustrated. So he he's now he's going to start throwing out suggestions like he's at an improv show. <laughs> yeah, he's like, give me an occupation. And Doom is like, alien! <laughs> like, alright. Do a weird alien! Um, and he does. Yeah. Uh, Frump creates what he calls the weirdest creature in the universe, and that shit's pretty weird. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not a, it's not a gray. It's kind of like a cross between like a mind flare, a gelatinous cube. Uh, octopus like and it makes a horrendous sound yeah it's a real terrifying little shit and um it has answers to all of our heroes powers um yeah like uh, uh what's it fire stars fires like cooled down because it just like breathes cool air or some shit Iceman can't do anything because it just heats up yeah it has these like little these little tentacles that produce like this ice melting gas and of course you know it spider-man can't stick on it because it's like a gelatinous blob and um in fairly short order it has them all incapacitated and, and it's a uh, it's gross uh squid tentacles Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but they're not the only, uh, they're not the only thing that get that get, uh, abducted by this, this horrifying alien. Dr. Doom just, like, <laughs> attacks Aunt May, uh, because she's horrified with what's unfolding. And, uh, she tips over the edge of the balcony, and I guess arguably is saved by this alien who scoops her up in the uh, in her um, or in its uh, its flailing tentacles. 
Well, I think Doctor Doom got canceled at this part because he calls Aunt May a foolish female. Yeah, he's a real. I mean, Doctor Doom is is really doubling down on his piece of sh- shitness. So he 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 really. I mean, she's just an old woman, and he thinks that like obviously Frump is is enamored with May, and um, he thinks I guess that just taking her out of the picture by throwing her over the edge of this balcony will will sort of like out of sight, out of mind, I suppose. But um, but it really kind of backfires because instead of just wishing that everything would go back to normal. Um, who? Mr. Frump has another wish up his sleeve. Yeah, here he, here he goes. Aunt May is now in the grass with the alien. Spider-Man sees his aunt there, yells out to Frump, says, do whatever you want to me, but save Aunt May. Right? That is a Spider-Man thing to do. Sure. So, Frump, who dismissed Genghis Khan... Cerberus and the Cyclops in favor of doing these things. Instead of dismissing it, like you said, just making it all go away or whatever, turns into Super Frump, the most powerful hero in the world. Yeah. Uh, uh, complete with whole costume with a, a F on his chest. He flies around, he can shoot laser beams. And my favorite part, he lands on the ground and he does like this incredible Hulk stomp. It cracks the ground open, monster falls in, then the hole magically fills in. Yeah. As, this this these are the powers of the amazing Ponchy Wonder Frump. Yeah, he 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 it it, it it's like you could do anything. Yeah. So he's like, well, I want to fly around. But again, he just wants that fun. So I guess this is fun to him. Because the minute he does that, he's like, I'll, you know, I'm ready to fight you all. And they're like, we don't want to fight you, dude. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this scene is great because the heroes are literally like, he's like, yeah, now I'm ready to, I'm super powered. I can take you all on. And they're like, we don't want to fight you. And he's like, whatever. Your tree, your your feet are roots now. Yeah, you're rooted to the ground. He then grabs Aunt May and bombs off. Yeah. Just like uh, picks her up, starts flying like uh, Superman and Lois. Mm hmm. And then, like, it, it, this is the point where then um, they take off. Doom realizes that Frump is kind of mad with power, and this isn't going to go well no matter how it was. So he proposes a team up with uh, Spidey, the, the, the Spidey friends. But they don't like the idea, but then Doom's like, I'll tell Frump to create a giant lawnmower. So he's just, like, threatening them to join up with him. Yeah. But, you know, it's fair. He can't best Frump. At this point, Frump has too many powers, so he has to outsmart Frump, which appears to be very easy. Oh, yeah. His plan is... (laughs) There's no reason why this plan should work, but it works flawlessly because the heroes eventually acquiesce and decide and uh, agree to um work with them and not a moment too soon because um the power has truly gone to frump's head and now that aunt may is saying well you know you're you're kind of being a like a you're take me back this instant you cruel and arrogant and i don't like you anymore 
Don't make me angry, Nate Parker. E an egotistical dickhead. He is just like, well, I don't like you anymore, and <laughs> he just he does not he um he he's just over her completely. You yeah, be careful what you say, May. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he threatened he he uh, he drops a thinly veiled threat, um, just like descending rapidly at a sonic pace into the uh in in into toxicity. And, um, what I think was, so the idea that, the idea that Dr. Doom has is when Frump eventually shows back up, they, he will be sort of, like, whispering (laughs) with the heroes. Quietly this time. Yep. Much quieter this time. And Frump will show up, and he will be jealous that they were talking, or he'd be wondering what they were talking about. Yes, and and it works like a fucking charm because he's like, oh, I was just telling them that uh, your powers are about to run out unless I do this incantation, and then the people, the Spider Man and Ice Man and Firestar, Firestar are like, oh yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what he said, and Frump's like, okay, great, just do it then. I believe you. I believe everyone. Everyone's on my side. Just to go ahead. Oh. I like how their hands are behind their back with their fingers crossed. Yes. Like, that matters. <laughs> it is, uh, you know, in a nod for the kids, probably, and yeah. to sort of, like, drive home what's actually happening here. They are lying. Uh, Doom is lying. And Doom is lying not only to Frump, but also our heroes, as he, um, mm-hmm. he, <laughs> he quickly uses some sort of beam to sculpt a new amulet out of a, a hunk of gold. Good. Like no a dial, right? Like that's yeah, a handy three D printer beam he's got. Yeah, holy shit! Like he he could do a lot of good with that. Yeah, and and again, hard to parse what the rules are in this show because the 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 dial thing works like a charm, no problem, because. It starts the 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 ceremony starts and it shoots up a beam from this fake amulet. And it just works. Yes. Yeah. So that's cool, I guess. Yeah, I think what happens is like uh, they go they 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 did we mention they went back to the embassy like everything is reset. Right. Um well, Dr. Doom says if you want me to do this incantation, we need to go back to the roof of the embassy and so that's where they they find themselves and then what ensues is a pretty tense fight where everyone's kind of trying to get the amulet before the beam comes back down and bestows incredible power on doom and it kind of reminded me of the scene in infinity war where um each of the heroes is trying to get uh is trying to stop uh thanos from snapping um and uh, they they each kind of contribute to the the stopping Thanos from snapping in a different way, and I mm, thought um, mm. there was echoes of that scene in this scene. I thought it was it was like the the first time in the entire episode where it felt like there were stakes. These heroes are fighting on the rooftop, um, trying to prevent the amulet from falling into Doctor Doom's hands because they re- Spider Man realizes what Doom did. But he's like, that's a fake amulet. And then, um, what do they do? I think, does Spider-Man web it and throw it in the air for, um, 
Firestar. Yeah, and then Firestar just like chucks it into the beam, um, and has she just has a great arm. She has a perfect float throw. Yeah, because that thing fucking blows up. Um, and <laughs> Doom, <Bart's> destroyed. <laughs> and then there's a great there's a great bit of dialogue. Doom um, just dumps some exposition, being like, "Well, there's another amulet, and I'll always, I'll never stop until I find out my." Yeah, he's like, yeah, it's kind away. of a, a rough animation because I swear you see the line. You do it first for a second. Yeah, you just like <laughs> they're just literally moving that piece, that gel, or you know that that um, that cell up the up the background at the at yeah. first. It's like that episode with Poochie. Yeah. He's like, I must go home now. <laughs> and you just see the animation cell slide up. <laughs> That's what it was like. It totally was. And um and then as I alluded to earlier, um the like <laughs> I guess I guess once this kind of ritual happens, then it happens again and the, the power is taken away, everything just resets. So that even just resets. He's doomed. He even tells me like no one will remember yeah, any of this. No one will remember this, and so um, I can only assume that Doom will also not remember. He's going to look for the other amulet, but that's fine. We can say that for another day. But there's a little gag at the end where um, you know the the I think is uh, Spider Man and Iceman and and Firestar are talking, and and one of them says, "Well, I can't believe well we won't remember something that's so crazy." And then I think it was Iceman goes, remember what? Yeah. <laughs> and then Spider-Man <laughs> shrugs to credits. Ugh. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, as they're, like, flying him through the air, it kind of he kind of forgets what had happened. And he's like, oh, well, back to square one. And, uh, but, you know, there's a little bit of kindness that is visited upon him before the episode ends. And that is he uh, gets his precious cat, his shows up. And he exclaims, she likes me! Yeah, <laughs> so, sad Frump continues his sad life, and um, and then it's credits, and it's, uh, the episode's over, and the, the, <laughs> the what happened in the episode is meaningless, and, and it might as well never happen, because no one remembers. Exactly. That's why I love the episode. <laughs> yep, so, with every a uh, piece of pop culture that we endlessly dissect. Uh, John, would you say this deserves to be on somebody else's saga, their pop culture saga? Do they, does this deserve to have a precious spot, a way marker on their journey to pop discovery? 100%. Mm. I would say that if you... I, and I'm, I'm, I'm taking nostalgia out of this. Let's just break it down for what it is. It's a Spider-Man cartoon within the Spider-Man world. It did not need to explain anyone's origins because they were expecting everyone who was watching it would know these people's origin stories with the exception of Firestar, which they do in a later episode. And they tell the origin for Iceman, too. It's an origin for him, but it's very faithful to the Marvel world at that time um the style of the characters themselves were all based off of john ramita senior style art that peter parker is like a quintessential john ramita senior slash junior to a degree look for spider-man so like i like i was saying when i 
think of Peter Parker, this is the Peter Parker I see. When I hear Peter Parker, this is the Peter Parker I hear. Because um, I think Dan Gilvezon's like portrayal of both Spider-Man and Peter Parker were very true to the characters. Um, they're a lot of fun. They're as zany as comic books. Um, they have great sound, and it really lays out like anything in the future that you see um, from you know the '90s Spider-Man cartoon to Into the Spider-Verse. I will say that for me, I would say okay. So I'll, I'll I will say yes. You should check this out. Maybe one or two episodes. Um, if you are a huge Spider-Man fan, and if you're looking to sort of um, track back. Uh, American animated television from sort of an archaeological standpoint um, I think that this is a very interesting show that being said I think if you don't have any uh, nostalgic connection to it it's a tough watch um, because I think that there are funny parts there are interesting parts um, but the, a lot of the show is just sort of, uh, corny in that seventies and eighties way that if you are not looking for that, I think you're going to have a hard time sort of like getting into these stories because they don't, they don't benefit from like a, a great myth arc. Um, and then like the, the, the stories within them are fairly corny, um, so I guess if you go into that knowing that and you're a huge Spider-Man fan and you um, are are going back through all of those uh, cartoons you love, you've never seen it before, then yeah, check out a couple episodes. Um, but I, I think this is maybe... I don't know if it's essential on your, on your personal pop uh, culture uh, journey. I think there's better Spider-Man cartoons out there. Um... Although, I think if you are a fan of Firestar, then you probably owe it to yourself to just check this out, just because this is where she's from. But that being said, uh, I would say, I would give it, you know, not thumbs up, not thumbs down, maybe just thumbs in the middle. So, if you are a Spider-Man fan, and you call yourself that, and you want to know all things or see things with Spider-Man, yeah, this is definitely a watch. Is it a hard watch? Yeah, anything that's old is hard to watch because it's going to be slower than what you're used to now. But I think in certain instances, it's good to honor the past, if that makes sense. Sure. Like, yeah, a few episodes. Going through this. Yeah, I, I'm not <laughs> going to tell you to watch all 24, but I would definitely say, like, The Fantastic Mr. Frump, I think, is a great episode. Um, I have a lot of fun with it. It's corny as shit, but it's a lot of fun. It plays um, like a Twilight Zone episode, so I, I yeah, would say take the, that take that as you take that as you will. The Green Goblin episode is a great one. Uh, the Triumph of the Green Goblin. <laughs> that one you feel real bad for Norman Osborn in that one. Uh, he is obviously uh, me- very mentally ill in this universe and is, is really wants to be better. So um, lots of tragedy in that guy. Also, <laughs> there's just some stuff in there oh boy anyway um so i hope i hope very much that you enjoyed our breakdown of this uh this 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 kind of um it's a little bit off the beaten path it's not maybe not as um it's maybe not as as a like 
big of a pop culture icon as some of the other stuff we've done in the past, but uh, I hope you like it because we'll be doing all sorts of weird stuff like that. We're gonna go. We're gonna get into all the nooks, and if you're lucky, the crannies, um, especially the crannies. Um, <laughs> so, so please join us next week for another episode of Pop Saga, hot, fresh off the presses weeks ago um (laughs) uh and i would say that i hope you stay happy i hope you stay healthy and we'll see you next week yeah bug off (laughs) oh wait a minute it's me 13 year old john and i'm a bug now oh this is crazy maybe i'll be bug man Pop Saga, you know we keep it groovy We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies A couple of nerds, but got style We so cool Pop culture, talking new and old school Yeah, you should know we love hip-hop From the roots, Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch We giving you what you want, it don't get no liver Ain't no doubt we gotcha This is Pop Saga, let's go Oh yeah, you heard right This is a lifestyle, welcome to the nerd life Pop Saga